0: This
1: episode of the Emma Gunn Show with Katie Morris is part of the menopause series but was originally published in June of 2019. Katie Morris is a personal trainer who shares with me her experience of training women experiencing menopausal symptoms and how lifestyle changes can make a huge difference to the overall experience of menopause. And this is all uh, expertise and insight that she has gained from working with women going through this on the gym floor. All the links will be in the show notes, but here it is once again, Katie Morris on the Emma Gunn Show. Hi and welcome to another episode of the Emma Gunn Show. I am your host Emma Gunn Awardner, and in this episode we're going to take another look at menopause and perimenopause, but from a slightly different angle. The show I recorded with Dr. Elaine McQuaid a few weeks ago has had a huge response from you, my most excellent listeners, and the overwhelming feedback from everyone was please do more. Obviously, there are lots of different points of view on this subject, so I'm trying my best to get a variety of qualified experts on the show who can speak on the complexities of menopause and perimenopause and early menopause from a position of authority. The aim, of course, being that in addition to understanding it all a bit more clearly, you then have all the information you need to make informed decisions about how you wish to manage your symptoms. I received a DM on Instagram a few weeks ago and side note, I'm so, so sorry, I can't find the message to give a shout out to the listener because DMs are so unsearchable, but it was a listener who recommended today's guest and it was a message to say, that they really appreciated the way Katie Morris, who is a personal trainer, spoke to women about perimenopause and menopausal symptoms, while also offering great practical advice. So I slid into Katie's DMs and asked her if she'd like to be a guest, and she agreed. So in this episode, you'll hear us chatting about how she helps women experiencing the symptoms of perimenopause and menopause um, in terms of making life choices that will help them navigate their experience with it. Katie is also a part of Menopause Matters, founded by Dr. Heather Curry, their website is menopausematters.co.uk and has also built a community on Facebook with her own Menopause Mastermind group where she shares advice videos and also answers questions. Now, Katie is 30, 30? No, she's not. Katie is 34 years old. So you may immediately be thinking, oh, what do you know? But what I really like about Katie's perspective is that she was working with women in the gym who were trying to reach their fitness goals and noticed that they just weren't getting the results they should have been. So she started looking into how menopause and the change in hormones can have an impact on our bodies, our metabolism, our energy levels, etc. and started to train women around this in order to find a path to the results they were hoping to achieve. And you know what's nice, someone taking it seriously, someone looking you in the eye and saying, you know what, you're doing everything right, something is different, let's have a look into this. And I really appreciate her point of view and the fact that she really does, this is a huge, huge focus of her work. And Katie didn't dismiss women who were struggling to reach their goals and assume they were, you know, upending Kit Kats into cups of tea and whatnot. She instead offered support and went about educating herself as much as possible so she could be as helpful as as possible. And you know me, I like a bit of that. I'll let her tell you her full story on the show, which also includes advice on what to do in the gym, changes and tweaks for nutrition and more. The links to everything mentioned, including Katie, are in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. But here she is. It's Katie Morris on The Emma Gunn Show. on the show. I'm re- I'm really excited to talk to you actually. Um <laughs> Thank you for having me? <laughs> anytime, anytime. Um we have on this podcast my listeners my most excellent listeners and i have had conversations with other experts about menopause perimenopause but i really appreciate the point of view that you have on it so you are a fitness trainer is that the right word personal trainer i've
2: been called many things in my time (laughs) but yeah um personal trainer i call tend to call health and wellness coach because i've Mm -hmm. done a lot of nutrition work i've done a lot of lifestyle coaching Mm -hmm. in my time so it's a more of a holistic approach but ultimately yeah fitness trainer fitness trainer
1: and you specialize correct me if i get this wrong anywhere along the way but you specialize in women who are going through or experiencing symptoms of perimenopause and menopause i certainly do yes i, I like to call i like to
2: call it focus specializes a big where that puts loads yeah. of pressure on me oh does it
1: oh that's <laughs> yeah. interesting
2: yeah i think like I, i've been doing it for two three years specifically on menopausal
1: Mm. women, but I think maybe after 10 years I might call myself a specialist. (laughs) Use it lightly. Earning your stripes now. And why is it, that? because I think let's put you into context before we really get into the meat and potatoes of it, what is it that drew you towards it? Because you are a 34-year-old woman. I am. And so you are yet to experience these things yet it is something that you feel really strongly about helping other women with definitely um there's two main reasons i i
2: Uh, saw my mum go through it and she had a roller coaster time not the worst I've heard about not the easiest and as the health and fitness guru of the family for many years I felt it was my responsibility to step up Mm. and to help her to understand why she was so emotional why she was feeling so up and down going through the symptoms so I started looking into it a little bit more and then I realized that a lot of my clients were menopausal women Mm -hmm. Um, nothing that I focused on in particular but they seemed to gravitate towards me they were pretty helpless they did nowhere else to go and I wasn't getting the results with them mm. that I was used to so all my tips and tricks and knowledge of over the years mm. wasn't really working which was frustrating for them mm. and for me so I thought there must be something else going on mm. because I did believe that uh, the majority of them were doing everything that I advised and um, So I thought, well, I need to look at the changes that happen in a woman's body because it's not so clear-cut. And then slowly I started to understand that my approach maybe wasn't working and I had to change a lot of the things which we'll go Mm. into. Um, And then everyone was happier in the end. It started to work, not at the rate that maybe 20 and 30-year-olds experience. It's good to be as honest as possible. I often talk about results and say that people's perception of results, Mm. especially as you get older, is way off the mark.
1: The thing I like about this is that uh, a lot of the communication and correspondence I've had from listeners is that they they use language like, I don't feel right, or I'm doing all the right things, but nothing's happening, and I'm trying to help myself, and I can't because they might make tweaks to their diet, or they might try and start exercising, and they're not getting any gains, and they feel like... Uh, that change should be making a difference and then they go to a gp and they might feel that they don't get the response that they want but what you actually say which i think is really valuable for women to hear is you're not wrong these changes might not be having an effect because actually what's going on fundamentally needs a different approach and so don't be don't get frustrated we can get you there.
2: Yeah, it just might take a little bit longer and mm. a little bit more of a few tweaks. But the things that you tend to in your 20s and 30s that you were so sure would drop a few pounds mm. and make you feel better for a night out or an event or whatever, they, they often don't work mm. as you get older. For changes that are happening in the body, for you know your metabolism slowing down, for you losing bone mass quicker than you can make it. Mm. And for all these hormonal shifts, they're going to affect your mood, your energy. So you're not going to be as energetic and ready to get up and go to the gym you've got kids to care for you've got maybe grandkids to look Mm. after there's so many other things going on as you get older that people don't really want to take into account but it needs to
1: be taken into Mm. account because again another another thing is that feeling of that you're not in control yeah and would you say actually in some ways the changes do mean that you aren't in control because everything that you've known kind of goes out the window yeah
2: completely but the more, i think the more we can educate and inform mm. women about or preempt you know what's going to happen and that it's, it's not it's kind of it's okay to feel this way mm. and that there is light at the end of the tunnel mm. and if you're following all the things that we uh, you know we talk about and we advise then you will be okay mm. um But it it is completely, yeah, they feel out of control. They feel not themselves. They don't even, like, it doesn't sound like their own voice that Mm. they're hearing. I completely understand that. And there's reasons for it, but you need to work with the hormones, not against them.
1: Yeah, and I think when I started, so I should say this. Katie's actually on the show because a listener got in touch and said, I really appreciate how Katie talks about the menopause and uh, speaks to women and so we started chatting on social media and now there is a recording here but when I was going through your social media feed to see what this listener was talking about um there is a lot of hope in your feed and there is also a lot of um you can take ownership of this and actually the menopause doesn't have to be something that you are a victim of or something that happens to you it can be something you can kind of ride and enjoy and sort of experience in a way that doesn't have to be hopeless or helpless definitely And I think another reason, um, the fitness
2: industry as a whole is very geared towards 20-year-olds. And I felt that it was undervalued and underserved. Mm. And there were so many women out there that were desperate for help. And it was my duty to kind of find out about it and help them. Mm. I almost felt embarrassed, a little bit ashamed of the industry because women were coming to me like on the edge Mm. in tears, don't know where else to turn and I thought right it's my job I've got Mm. to find out and I've got to help them so there there is definitely hope there's definitely hope at the end of the tunnel what people don't realise is the earlier you can start getting yourself physically mentally and emotionally as strong and healthy as possible the easier the ride Mm. will be Mm. through menopause whether you choose to go on medication or not you need to get yourself fit and healthy
1: yeah because when we started chatting on email um I asked you about like, the resources you use and you actually do collaborate is probably the wrong word but you do have very good relationships with some very um, with doctors yeah. who specialise in the subject so how does that all work and how does that all how did that all come about for you to, add, to take it out of the gym and really compound your experience and knowledge yeah um, because I realise that I do
2: believe that you know there are some great sources of medical help out there and I'm definitely not in that not qualified in any way to be talking about that so um, I started contacting the clinics and the surgeries and the doctors around that uh, were supposedly specializing in menopause and basically just questioned them what is your referral system so do you believe that holistic health is also important in mm-hmm. the treatments of menopause and they were absolutely yes whether you choose to HRT or not to use it you have to get yourself as fit and healthy as possible mm-hmm. so I said so when a woman comes to you and you advise this then what happens and it was pretty much like tumbleweed well uh, I don't know really that's not our special like our area of expertise we're very they were open and honest that you know they don't know a lot about exercise and diet they know kind of the basics of it Mm but then they were like we would absolutely love to work with you so it's kind of like a referral system I've sent a lot of women to these clinics and they have backwards and forwards Mm -hmm. um, to make sure that they're getting the full approach because it is a big I would say it's like you see it as like a pie a full pie and you need to hit every piece of the pie or the puzzle you can't just address your you know the the hrt or the food or the diet or the mm. stress management on their own you need to have it all yeah. completely if you really want to be able to tackle menopause head on
1: so if someone's listening to this and they think i believe i'm going through the early stages of menopause i think that things have definitely changed i feel like my body shape has changed ever so slightly and maybe the exercise that i used to do isn't really touching the sides anymore uh, where's the really where's a good starting place
2: a million dollar question mm. um, so it depends on where you're at right now, so I work with women that have never you know, really done any form of exercise and they just simply need to up their activity levels, that can be you know, hitting your 10,000 steps a day mm. it can be doing some small movements at home in your living room um, then so if some women say I've been doing cardio for a long time, I'm like you might want to think about going into some form of strength training, mm. resistance training if they've been going to the gym for a long time and they're familiar with it, maybe they're like gym bunnies and they go four or five times a week, um, then I look at the style of exercise that they're doing because you can quite often find that the women are doing too high intensity, too long sessions because over can be a massive problem as well because it's going to cause too much stress on the body, mm. too much inflammation, and that's not going to help the symptoms. So you have to get the right balance. So it depends where you're starting off. But if you come to me and said, you know, I've got three hours in the week, just tell me what's the best way to approach it I'm not really bothered about I'm confident to go to the gym, I'm familiar with the exercise, mm. then I would say you know, 45 minutes an hour, a few times a week of strength and resistance training and when I say that I don't mean like a big muscle Mary pushing mm-hmm. weights in the gym it can be moving your own body weights, mm-hmm. but that's going to help to build muscle which we know we're fighting against we're losing it at a quicker rate mm-hmm. than we can build it help protect your bones, your joints because aching joints is a big mm-hmm. um, symptom of menopause and also it's going to more calories and lose more fat mm. then cardio is going to then any form of cardio whether it's um, long steady state or short intervals mm. cardio is very taxing on the joints um, so it's get, it depends on where you're starting um, but you need to get the balance over exercising is as, pro- as much of a problem as under exercising which not many people address
1: yeah, it just feels like gosh, there's um you think if you just start exercising more you'll be fine and then when it's like oh you're over to exercise I know it can be and really frustrating. I know,
2: I know. And it's conflicting information right mm. so people don't know where to where to begin. But you need to make sure you're doing the best I would say the most efficient use of your time in the gym, taking enough rest, looking after your body. because What people also don't realize is that all the changes that you're looking for of losing weight and building muscle are actually happening when you're recovering and when you're resting mm. and when you're sleeping. Your body when sleeping your body's getting rid of toxins and it's building up the muscle but this is one thing that we negotiate with so quickly our sleep is so quick to go mm. people say i haven't got the time to be having you know six seven hours or we have got the hot flushes and stuff but recovery is paramount as well mm. in seeing results
1: if you do uh, in, uh, change the way you exercise, or start exercising, or maybe do a bit more exercise. Can you actually minimise the symptoms? Have you seen that with your clients? Yeah, massively. I always say it's quite a, a you know a
2: strong statement, but exercise. I, first of all, I like to call it movement because exercise fills the fear and dread in people. Mm-hmm. When they say exercise, they initially shut down. Loads of barriers come up. Mm-hmm. They have all kinds of stories in their heads that it's going to be. I'm going to have to go to the gym. I'm going to have to do this. What am I going to wear? What are people going to think? so they shut down and they never really end up doing anything, mm. so I like to call it movement or activity, it's just softens it a little mm. bit, um, but movement, or let's say exercise in this instance mm. it should be uh, compulsory through menopause, mm. massively There's, as well as all the benefits that we know of like lowering cardiovascular risk, building the muscle losing fat, stress release feeling good, the benefits really are endless, it's just about finding what works for you mm. and it doesn't like people say oh, I haven't got the time or money and I just say that that to me translates as it's not a priority for me right now Mm. which is fine which is okay but let's just be real because I can find you something that's completely free to do that won't take up much time your day or your week and you have to do it you have to make yourself a priority to be on form for your family and friends you have to do this Mm. you have to make the time you've been so used to looking after yourself and the kids and your career for so long it's now time for you
1: I was about to say, actually, do you think that with a lot of women that you've worked with, that they're so out of the habit of prioritising their own needs? Because they, as you say, are used to looking after a family or a job or both. And so part of it I don't know when you're having your consultations or you're in the gym with them is is validating the fact that they are giving themselves that time yeah
2: 100% that's one of the things that a lot of women don't realise mm. so they go through life not really ever making the time because they don't realise that they've even pushed themselves down the priority list mm. um, but it's about time, yeah, that they make time for it. And these women can do it, and they feel so much better for it. It's just making that step. And it's just the, bit, the stories that they tend to create of, mm-hmm. like, I, my friend at work says, I, you know, she's going to the gym and she's doing this diet, so that's what I need to do. Not necessarily, mm-hmm. maybe that'll come further down the line, and maybe not, but you need to start small and simple, build on it, get your confidence going, get your motivation going, maybe start to feel a little bit better and build on that. Mm-hmm. Don't think of the bigger picture that's way way down the line
1: yeah it's almost like if you start any kind of thing whether it's exercise or whatever you start off with the best of intentions, so you start off at like peak performance yeah and then if as soon as it begins to dwindle but actually what you're saying is just start off slow add a few things in see what works see what feels good yeah I would say if you take two women um, one woman does
2: you know the quick drastic thing of going to the gym cutting her calories or you know stopping all takeaways or eating dairy or sugar going to the gym four or five times a week take another woman it's pretty much the same profile build it up slow slow and steady I guarantee in 12 months time the slow and steady woman will be miles ahead really? she's not falling on and off the wagon beating herself or going back into that cycle it might results will happen slow and steady but they'll last mm. these transformations and things that you see are just they don't last at all mm. The weight just bounces back on and lets women beat themselves up time and time again
1: I remember working with a very side note a very uh, well known personal trainer years and years and years ago and I remember being quite despondent and saying, but there's an article in that magazine and that girl from that pop band is eight stone, two pounds. And he just looked at me and went, I work with her. She ain't eight stone, two
2: pounds. That's <laughs> not just anymore. what she's told the
1: journalist.
2: <laughs> I always say for the transformation, have you got any
1: that are six months afterwards? Can I see those? And mm. the, the, not many come through. Do you, uh, I mean, obviously you don't just work with uh, women experiencing menopause, but do you feel that their vocabulary is different or how they talk? I know women can be especially themselves particularly when it comes to their physical appearance and abilities but do you notice a definite shift and is it very negative and does it change noticeably once they are doing this holistic piece of the pie approach yeah it, do, it does
2: change a lot they, as you as you said they're a lot they are a lot harder on themselves mm. nothing's good enough and these often I work with women who are you know they have stressful tough careers they're high up in the career which is fantastic but that just leads them to beat themselves up mm. more and more definitely but once um It changes, the the, the problem with, well not the problem, but the thing with menopause is there's no one size fits all, Mm. absolutely not, you have to, it's trial and error with everything, with the foods, with the, you know, there's certain things that work for the majority of women, but then there might be one woman coming along and she says that just doesn't work for me, Mm. but you can find a way, Um, but... And and same with the exercise front, you Mm -hmm. have to tweak it as you go. There are certain fundamental things that you stick to, but you have to to, even now, after all this time, I still tweak. And like things like um, fasting. Okay, if you do uh, periods of fasting with your food, um, that can suppress your thyroid function, which is not good because it's going to affect your hormone levels, which we don't want to play with anymore. But then for some women that I've worked with, it works for them absolutely Mm -hmm. fine. So it's not clear. It's not. It's not as clear cut. but yeah with everything there is ways around it
1: yeah i was talking to a nutritionist yesterday actually he said it's so interesting isn't it a woman can pick up a magazine and we would we both looking at each other guiltily because we've both done this yeah her less obviously because she's a professional you can and she said i bet you've done it you've read a magazine article or you've watched a youtube video and or, or listened to a podcast and you've heard about keto or you've heard about intermittent fasting i bet you've done it but you haven't really thought about what's going on yeah. yet think about the other things in life that you consider for ages and yet you will change what you're fueling your body with on a, on a dime because you read 500 words and some celebrities done it. Exactly it just shows how influential the markets and people mm. and magazines and people are,
2: it's unfair, it is mm-hmm. unfair a lot of the time and it's it's not rocket science a lot of the time we, we should just stick to the basics there's, there's, What I, are the basics? Okay so I feel that there's, you know for most that people say, what diet should I do? It's always what I get asked. There is no one size fits all, I've just, as I've just said. And diets can work, all diets can work, the right person, the right time. They've all got benefits, they've all mm. got pros and cons. Um, is it just the case that every diet works as long as you stick to it? Yes. So when people come to me and they say, oh, I've seen this new diet in the magazine or whatever, <laughs> what do you think? I say, first of all, before you show me it, can you do it forever? They go, well, no, I was just thinking, you know, before my holiday, I drop a few parts I say, no, forget it go and try again like that's not going to work it has to be sustainable and you can maybe take elements of the keto and the paleo and calories mm. whichever Dukan du- diet and put them together and find what works for you when people you compare yourself to your friends you are not your friend you have different stresses different commitments different mm. job different family life you, as as much as you want to fit yourself into their genes and their, you know, like you haven't got the same lifestyle as them, and you've got to consider all these factors. It's massively important. Um, the fundamentals would be eating a raw, like organ. Not to, organic is very, you now debatable. Is it worth the money or not? But as if it comes in a packet or a tin. Um, Think about it twice. Mm. If it comes from the ground or the sea. Excellent. As much colourful fruit and vegetables, nuts, seeds. You can't protein everything. You can't really eat overeat protein, so you don't need to worry about it too much. Mm. You'll get full before you overeat. And when I say protein, I mean your meat and your fish
1: lean Um, protein essentially yes
2: lean protein so you have to get your you don't want to get too sciencey but you have to get your macros right Mm -hmm. your proteins, fats and carbs and your calories right because no matter if you're going through menopause or not you need to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight Mm. but the fact is that you need to be in a calorie deficit but you've got all these hormonal changes happening so it's harder to stick to some form of food plan or exercise routine Mm -hmm. so where all these fitness people are like you know just eat less and move more Yes, it's got an element of truth to it, but there's a lot more going on mm. when you're going through menopause. Getting enough water, you know, hydration. Massive, massive fan of hydration. It's free and available pretty much everywhere. It can affect your mood, your energy, your skin, your control, and your hunger
1: levels. Can, no ex- can it really? <laughs> yeah. I know that sounds like a dumb question, but. Can, can it really <laughs> you,
2: you, you look guilty
1: yeah because I not? don't drink enough water because I'm frightened of soiling myself on public transport
2: <laughs> that's the yes that's the other side of it so you want to fin- you want to try and finish um, always be close to the toilet I,
1: <laughs> people say to me but I, like,
2: I go the, I've been drinking more but I've been going to the toilet every you know five minutes and I say welcome to my world <laughs> it's a small price to pay for health, right yeah true um, if you try and finish drinking water maybe an hour or two before you go to bed because a lot of women especially in the menopause are getting mm-hmm. up in the middle of the night drinking water getting enough Fruit and vegetables, um, eating enough but not too much—that's a whole other subject on mm-hmm. its own. Um, not having many processed foods, but I am—you know—have the odd treats and stuff if you can manage it mm-hmm. and you can control yourself. Then life's too short. Have the odd glass, have the glass of wine, have your treat—all within reason. But I always say, get the fundamentals down first, and then the treats come afterwards.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, watching your salt intake. Uh, this, uh, this well, well, I think let's just go back a little bit to calorie deficit yeah. because that's the the calories you consume mm-hmm. are less than the can the calories that you burn. Yeah, so that there is a deficit of calories, which means what well, every pound of fat equals three and a half thousand calories. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So if you have a calorie deficit every day of five hundred calories, you'll lose a pound a week. Yeah, it's kind of the basic maths. Yeah, but. Um, what happens in menopause is that your basal metabolic rate drops so it means that in order to achieve that 500 calorie deficit should you want it you actually have to consume a lot less correct and so that can be quite challenging because you don't how do you know what your basal metabolic rate is you can work it out there's so there's formulas
2: uh, there's formulas for everything if you have a look online and you mm. have to take certain elements of how active you are into account but it's just a ballpoint like you can go online and work out putting your details of your female and your age and your current activity levels and it gives you a ballpoint of calories but it's just a formula it doesn't know Mm. you day in day out so it's just a starting point Mm. and then you're gonna have to tweak it from there and then you're going to have to take into account the fact that your weekends often go over the top. So sometimes in terms of calories, I've given my clients a weekly calorie amounts to play with. Mm. So they can have high and low days, but over the weekly amount, you need to be hitting a certain yeah. a certain amount. Um, but yeah, offer the... People say to me, why do you gain weight in menopause? And as I mentioned to you before, menopause, um, in my experience and working with the specialists that I do, doesn't directly cause weight gain, but the hormonal shifts that women experience will contribute, definitely contribute to weight gain.
1: Um, That's really interesting. So it's not actually the act of the hormonal changes in itself that mean that you start putting on weight. It's... um, like even your mood changing can yeah. impact choices that you make for example is exactly. that what you mean yeah exactly um,
2: and it's not something to just be in neglected people say oh what's it yeah that's it's rubbish but all these little things add up mm. so i weight in menopause you know the fact that we actually do often eat more and move less than we realise mm. whether we want to admit it or not mm-hmm. some of us are more willing to admit it and the research shows time and time again that we under report the food that we eat by up to 50% and we over report the activity that we do the exercise by 50% right. and this is things that have you know they follow people around and uh, monitor them properly and mm-hmm. they generally some of them think they're doing everything spot on exactly and they've reported everything with full truth but they're actually not and that's true for various reasons but that's something that we need to take into account um, and then the fact that we're losing bone bone mass quicker than we're repairing it as we said earlier because and muscle mass because the more muscle you have the more calories you burn mm-hmm. so if we're losing muscle, losing muscle mass then we're burning less calories mm-hmm. and as we said when your BMR your basal metabolic rate drops you don't burn as many calories at rest so when you're just relaxing at home you're not burning as many, many calories as you would have done a few years ago And you're also not, you don't burn as many calories when you're exercising. So you can see how all these little things are Mm going to add up. And then you're going to end up gaining weight and just blaming it, putting it down to inverted commas, the menopause, Mm. Um, which has an element of truth to it but it doesn't have to be that way, Mm. that's why I'm here and why I started this message because women, so many women I see are helpless and there are solutions there's so much support and advice out there and it seems to be a pretty on trend topic at the minute Mm. so the word's slowly getting out there and it's getting more onto the programmes and stuff but it's baby steps, there's still a lot of work to be done but I just wanted this opportunity and for the work that I do to let women know that if you if you want the help, that and that's a key thing, if you want the help, mm. it is there for you.
1: And that's the thing. So you do, um, well, exactly. You've said uh, on your website or on your Instagram feed, it's a two-way street. You do it together. You can help. But it's about whether you're up for the challenge as well. And it is kind of, it's sort of a bit depressing in a way to think, oh, right, now I'm up for a challenge now, really, when I've got brain <laughs> fog and I'm sweating. Great. I'm, you know, uh, that can be somewhat challenging and also um i would imagine most women who are going through this in their 40s and 50s they might be at the point in their life where then maybe they're making more money than they've made before and they want to drink that bottle of red wine on a saturday night that they couldn't afford you know 10 years ago yeah. and they're sort of i think there's this i don't know if you get this i'd be really interested about people going really now just as i'm sort of like living my best life now this but you can still live your best life
2: mm. you know I work with a lot of women that have the balance right it's not easy mean, mm. um, you've worked hard and you've been through you know what you've been through you can definitely still live your best life I still you know yes I'm still younger but I still you know like a drink, I still like my pancakes and cakes. I there's nothing off limits for me, mm. all within reason. Mm. Do you have to take it too far and have you know the full? You could even you could have maybe a full bottle is a bit much, but you have to have the full <laughs> bottle, or do you have to have it you know every other night. Mm. It's about it's about balance. Mm. But I always say to women when you've got everything, you know, you might have been exercising, looking after yourself in your twenties and thirties, and then it slowly starts to tail off. When actually you need to almost pick up the pace, mm. you need to try hard you need to put yourself more of a priority Mm -hmm. as you're getting older and it actually that's not how it happens, it's in reverse and this is why we run into all these problems and women have health problems and menopause hits and they feel awful because we should have been stepping it up in terms of our health not retracting it Mm. or slowing it down and that's a difficult thing because we are we are a lot busier and more stressed than when we were in our younger years but it's non-negotiable you've got to find a way to make it fit in
1: without naming names because obviously I'm sure you uh, keep your clients confidentiality uh, uh, close to your chest but can you Give any examples of someone who's come to see you who, maybe even didn't know that they were experiencing menopause or perimenopause, but were, was feeling very frustrated and maybe low, and the transformation you saw and the steps that you both took together to achieve that? Yes, uh, there's
2: quite a few I could um, I could talk about. There was uh, one lady who came into my studio, and she um, was at a wits end would say is the best way to describe it and she'd been around quite a few studios which took a lot for her to go into them mm. uh, in London and she said that she didn't feel welcome in any of them, you know, there was all these young girls walking around with it next to nothing on and that's fine but she um, she said that this was her last you know, her last place to visit kind of and she said even the, um, she had quite a bit of weight to lose, even the towels in the gym didn't fit around her um mm. and so straight away after we'd had a chat and you know I'd reassured her that we'd take it easy and we'd do it together I ordered some uh extra large towels and that reason alone is the reason why she stayed with me and um, we've been training for over a year now and she's lost uh 30 kilos wow which is a lot huge and um she didn't really talk about she was interested in it but she didn't really talk about menopause at the beginning she's maybe just on the edge she's Mm -hmm. not quite old enough but as we've gone through and we've discussed it and obviously we talk about the work that I do she slowly and I said you need to be thinking about perimenopause you know as strange as People say, oh, God, no, that's so young. Late 30s, early 40s, you might start to see mm. slight changes, very, very minimal, hardly notice it. Then towards, people go through perimenopause for 10 years, but they don't realise that mm. they're going through it until they're in the mid-50s. And then when they look back, they're like, I've actually been going through it for 10 years, and I could have been doing something about mm. it. So we slowly started to put things in place that incorporated part you know menopause part not menopause training uh, looking at her stress management what she was doing in work um, and yeah she's flying now absolutely fantastic she's actually recently in the last few weeks gone on HRT because she and she's it's still early still bit like late 40s mm. um, but we've done the research together I've reassured her so she's got it all locked down now and she just said it was time I said what you know if I could capture what we, we've we done and get inside your head and your motivation and your mindset if I could bottle that up you know everyone would be made mm. <laughs> we'd be set it'd be good to go um and she was just like there was no particular health scare or anything she was just fed up she was mm. just it was just time to make a change she'd done enough for herself and a her career and she just wanted to feel the best she could feel um but yeah she's like a new woman now and um, we're really good friends as
1: well is that something that you have noticed that women come in and they're fed up
2: Oh, absolutely. Some women are more inclined to talk about it and to admit Mm. it. Some women, you know, I've tried to, I I mention it and you can see they shut down and they're not ready to talk about it for whatever reason. And that's Mm. fine. That's okay. We might readdress it later on. Mm. But in the meantime, I'll just build up the foundations for when we get there and just do everything that I need to do for when they're ready to talk about it. Um, But yeah, as an industry as a whole, uh, we need to be helping people. I get you know a lot of women that have maybe got male trainers or even female trainers and they say they they don't want to talk about it they shut down they don't know how to handle it the trainers mm-hmm. so they come and see me mm-hmm. um but it we need to have more people training i mean there's only so much of me that can go around i need some yeah.
1: help out there so is there a i mean i know you've talked about the different things that you can do but is there a significant difference if um somebody went to a trainer and said, I want to lose, say that lady you're talking about, I want to lose 30 kilos, say that was her goal at the beginning and she just went maybe to somebody who wasn't a specialist they might have put her on a really intense cardio program with like weight sessions a couple of times a week which is kind of the cookie cutter program isn't it these days yeah actually I don't know how (laughs) you're not far off yeah Yeah. um that might have done her more harm than good it might have made her feel even more frustrated yeah
2: because um I mean for a few reasons she could feel inadequate like she couldn't do it Mm. she couldn't keep up and Um, knocky confidence and she might never end up coming back but also if you don't get the balance right of exercise it's going to add too much stress to the body Mm. it's going to be too impactful on the joints it's not going to help you build muscle and protect your joints so it's definitely going to do more harm than good if you don't get the balance right for that person especially if you're if you have a a woman that's particularly quite overweight and got a bit of weight to lose Mm. even more so you shouldn't be doing anything that's jumping high impact on the joints you should be taking longer rest periods in between sets you should be taking longer rest periods in between sessions like in between the mm-hmm. days um and no long long steady state cardio i don't really recommend it i maybe if it's good so if the research has shown that it can be good for some women to switch off psychologically and mentally and if that works for you if i always say if it works for you mm-hmm. if it's truly working for you in more ways than one then crack on with it mm-hmm. go for it um but the majority of the time cardio is not really in there we do like Short base, and people say you don't do much cardio. I say give me 20 squats, mm-hmm. bodyweight squats.
0: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: How fast. <laughs> and you out of breath and a your cardio. You're hot, mm. you're sweating. It's, get, that's exactly, it's the same, but it's less taxing on your joints.
1: Burpees. Well, there you go. There's another form of cardio. I'm not that mean. Yeah. <laughs> I love that I'm not that mean. I do think they are the most frightening exercise. I can think of a few more. Oh, really? <laughs> they are up there. They are definitely up
2: there. But, yeah, you've got to get the bounce right. And not to discredit uh, any of the trainers that are out there, out there doing just, you know, great work with some people. But you have to think a little bit differently and also it's the the in between as we said before the talking side of it mm. the confident side of it reassuring the confident reassuring them building the confidence letting them know that you know it's okay to feel the way they are but trainers don't really see that side of it mm. and it's not and it's there's not it's not massively different what i'm doing with the exercise and the diet side there's a few key tweaks that you need to take into account but other than that it's more like a coach and counseling as well Mm -hmm. often my uh, my clients will say you're more like a counselor they're just listening to the problems and sometimes you know if they're not feeling like it we just do a short basic workout and let them make them laugh and smile and let them leave with a smile on the face and for me that's
1: job done do you find that if there's a a loss of sense of self-worth or self-esteem that um even including gentle exercise in their lives will um improve even that side of it definitely just the control thing of oh i'm making a difference i'm taking time for myself yeah absolutely it's not just the physical side of it there's definitely a mental
2: aspect of it but you need to start to feel that way Mm. you need to actually take action and do something to see those results and not beat yourself up on the days that you don't feel like it. With a lot of my women, uh, especially the online women, I give them, like, we work out a plan A, B, and C. So plan A is when you're firing on all cylinders, your week's going great, that's what you're going to do. Plan B is, you know, it's not that great things have happened. Mm. I'm going to back it off a little bit. And plan C is the minimal that you're going to commit to when your week has gone topsy-turvy, nothing's going right, but you are gonna, you've you said these two, three things are absolutely happening. Regardless, mm. over my dead body will they go.
1: That's I really like. Well, we'll get on to that in a minute. But I just wanted to ask you, um, when we had uh, Dr. Elaine McQuaid on, she talked about stress management and the the, the way that stress can have a major impact on uh, hormones and menopausal symptoms. And I wondered if you had any key tips that you give to clients to sort of because like you say, there is an element of stress in the gym um, in order to achieve results. But how do you, what do you recommend for stress management or stress reduction? Yes, yeah, stress is huge factor, often one that, again, people don't really want to talk
2: about. I've had clients, menopausal or not, that have got pretty much the diet and exercise side of it down to a T, but they not really seen results or improvements in health markers such as blood pressure and cholesterol because they don't want to address the stress or they feel like they can't because they're in a position in the job where they just feel that you know it is what it is for now, um, but stress yeah has a huge impact in weight loss whether no matter what your age, uh, more so as you get older over forties. But stress. It looking after yourself so getting your balance of your exercise right prioritizing your sleep yes it is difficult when you're going through night sweats and anxiety and your mood's not great but if you have a sleep routine that it will help if you stick mm. to it day in day out if you go to bed at kind of the same time wake at can kind at of the same time you know look at the light in your room the sound in your room the temperature in the room maybe have some lavender sprays and stuff the research is very weak on that but you maybe do some light reading before bed have a nice bath before bed puts Music on these are all the things that people say oh well where 's the research that but it ultimately it does help mm. to relax and unwind you, and even if you 're feeling you know hot sweats and anxiety, if you do them things, then you know you 've done the best you can mm. um, to prioritizing your sleep, getting time outside in nature. Um, I know it sounds stupid and it's hard to find in London but there are some parks out there uh, the, the repetitive colours and shapes of nature and trees and grass is shown to have a lot of positive impact on stress levels mm. reducing stress levels, Spend time with good friends and family mm. you know, we're at a stage as well where we've learnt, we've done what we've done and we can cut off a few people that we don't want to spend time with and <laughs> we can spend time with those that we do massive, I've, I've lost a few of me time when you just get to the point, actually I don't care you don't offer much value to my life mm. So i'm going to spend less time with you and more with others talking about talking about your problems and what you're going through the more we can talk about it that's why i love the group that i've got going because women will talk and message between themselves and me and
1: post um so you feel like you're not alone this is your facebook group which obviously the link to join will be in the show notes listeners um you talk about the five ways to cope with the menopause would you mind just giving top line on that for listeners
2: yes so it's more like uh, five pillars to health mm-hmm. um so we talk about movement or exercise how you're going to get it into your life what what where you're going to start with it and how is it going to be ingrained in your life that's going to be beneficial and not add too much stress to your life uh nutrition so what's going to work for you is it going to be you know a calorie counting is it going to be the keto is it going to be um eaten intu- intuitively
1: um what even is that <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, my take on eating intuitively is eating what you want, which is why I'm terrified of it and would like to put it in the bin. But I'm sure that's not the case. Well,
2: <laughs> well um, you're pretty much, you're not far from it. It's Basically, le- li- listen to your body, learning the cues. Because, I mean, we all evolved from... Eating when we were hungry and stopping when we're full, but in this day and age them cues have gone way mm-hmm. overboard. Like our body doesn't even recognise the cues anymore. But if you can get back into that true state of listening to your body and not it, it's hard when there's no plan, you know, 'cause mm. you've got to listen to eat when you're hungry and then stop when you're full is is tough. Mm. It's tough. It's something that I, you know, I try to do and eating slowly and mindfully, chewing your food properly properly, stuff like that. And if you people say that if you're just focusing on protein, your meats and fish and your vegetables it's hard to overeat because you will get full if you eat some like raw, organic, wholesome, colourful foods. Then you can't really go wrong. Mm. Um, so yeah, we look at your nutrition and what is going to work for you in the long term, not this on and off cycle of a couple of months doing this and that. Right. Um, and then we look at your sleep routine. What are you doing, and what can you implement within reason? You know, I'm not. I've got all say the the templates of what would be ideal scenario, but then we have to chop change them to work for people what works for certain individuals and then we'll look at your stress management what are you doing to you know reduce your stress to even acknowledge it Mm. what you do on when you're having a tough day and you know you see red how do you then bring your stress levels back down or do you just completely ignore it have another coffee and carry on Mm. because that's not going to help you in the long term so do you recognise how stressed you are? I always ask clients on a scale of 1 to 10, and the ones that often say, oh, I'd say, you know, 3, 4, I'm not really, not really that stressed. First of all, I want you to be a 2. Hmm. Okay? And the people that say they're not stressed are usually ones that are super stressed.
1: Okay, I find that really interesting, because I, I was at an event yesterday, and uh, someone came up to me at the end, a good friend, and said, do you know what, I've spoken to 20 people today, and when I've said, how are you, they've all said busy. <laughs> Every single one. Well, that's honesty, isn't it? Well, is it? Or is it just fashionable to be like oh I'm so, so busy. busy? That's it. It, it is. Yeah. It's, it's a badge of honour. Mm. It's about if you're not busy, what are you doing with your life? but I'm sort of equating I'm, I'm calling being busy and being stressed the same thing yeah. I guess for me when I'm busy my stress levels go up obviously yeah um, so I think it's quite interesting that do you think that they say a four a three or a four because they don't want to get into trouble yeah
2: probably they don't <laughs> want to be a one or two because that's unrealistic so a three or four but you know I ask them how then we could reduce it mm. and get to a one or two what steps could they put in place what do they enjoy doing what do they really what makes you happy what makes you laugh mm. um but it's all well and good talking about these things and then life happens and work happens and these plans go out the window but Mm. they have to be your bread and butter you have to commit to it day in day out and as we say the plan A, B and C there'll be certain things that you can do and certain things that you can't do on a good and bad week Um, so we look at your stress management um and then the last one, so that we've got movement, um, nutrition, sleep routine, stress management, and then exposure to toxins, Ooh. environmental toxins, which is a bit of a um, taboo subject for some. So we're exposed to environmental toxins, or we're exposed to toxins in general all the time. Mm-hmm. In this, you know, in this room we're sitting in, in your house, there's plenty going on in your beauty products, your household products. But often, specifically, uh, you, you see it coming up more and more with parabens and stuff that people. You, you see a lot of the products. And the creams are all mm. going to be going that way to where organic and you know, um, chemical free. It's going to be one of the new phases, along with just after veganism, I think it's going to be the next thing. Mm. Um, but there is an element of truth in it, especially when you're through menopause. If you're exposed to all these kind of toxins, these they the chemicals mimic hormones in the body. So the body then gets even more confused. So yeah. they can mim- mimic similar to oestrogen. They're endocrine disruptors basically, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. Basically. So the more you're exposed to these type of toxins, the more it's gonna wreak havoc with your body. So that is like my final step. Mm. okay? Because that's you're not gonna go in with because people are just like, What are you talking about? You've got to get the nutrition of food and sleep and stress and that is the end one. Yeah. if you look at the products you're using and the things you're exposed to reducing that and again some people say they say i'm not really that interested in Mm -hmm. at the moment
1: and that's fine yeah i mean i think it's i think there's a lot of scaremongering out there and there's a lot of pseudoscience that i get quite cross about and i haven't really addressed it on this podcast but um thank goodness for parabens as far as i'm concerned in a lot of products i found a 10 year old lipstick the other day and it was perfect and it was because it's got preservatives in it And it's the nicest lipstick that I've got at the moment. And I know that sounds very top line and maybe a bit twee and not taking it seriously. But I do get worried about people thinking that they're absorbing poison. Because when you actually look at the function of the derm, of the skin, that, like when you get in a bath, someone said this to me the other day, like when you get in the bath what happens do you fill with water no because your skin your skin cannot absorb water your skin keeps things out yeah so if you got in the bath and you absorbed all the water in the bath yes you'd have a valid argument but you don't so please can we move on yeah There's there's some I um
2: you know there's a few basics, like using plastic water bottles, like when the, the plastic water bottles are heated, say if you left it in your car mm. and then you're going to go and drink it. That for me is like, whoa, but I'm not massively into it in terms of, you know, completely refurb all your beauty mm. products and your household products, because I think it is. I don't think that's the biggest problem. Mm. I think we've got a bigger problem going on. It's like when people say to me, um, should I be e- using coconut oil, you know, it's fashionable it's not. Is it good is it bad? And mm-hmm. I said that's not your problem. That you're focusing on completely the wrong things. We need to look at these, you know, what are you eating? Mm-hmm. What are your weekends looking like? What are you smoking? What's your alcohol intake? Mm-hmm. What's your sleep levels? Forget about coconut oil. Yeah. That's not. People are focusing on the wrong things, on the headlines and what's out there in social media and completely confused. I get it, but they're there to confuse you ultimately
1: well uh, yeah and I I've talked about this a little bit recently because it just it, it does see there's so much information out there that rather than being informative it actually creates more confusion and I feel I feel as a journalist who gets all the press releases I get bamboozled by it so goodness knows what it must be like for somebody who opens up a magazine or turns on their phone and sees a headline or something on Instagram that tells them that the thing that they love most in the world whether that's the type of exercise a type of food or a country that they like to visit that now they shouldn't because it's bad for you because that's that makes headlines oh it's bad for you stop doing that that, absolutely it's all clever marketing
2: um, at the end of the day but the the concept is still there you need to be in a calorie like all the diets Mm. they're all still calories, Mm -hmm. that's ultimately what they do. It just depends how it works for you. The keto is, you know, you're eating less calories, uh, the paleo, whichever one. Some of them have, you know, more benefits for health and not, we're not here Mm -hmm. to go into that. But it's just clever marketing. You need to do your research. You need to get someone that you trust in your life. Um, And it's so, it's basic. It's so basic. Just eat a little bit smarter, stress a little bit less and move a little bit more Mm -hmm. in a way that works for you. That's simple. Yeah. How it works for you is it's going to take some time to construct but we need to stop looking for the quick fixes because mm. they're not they're not sustainable and they're not what you should be focusing on at all people the first thing that women ask me when they come to me or in the group is what su- what should i be taking what supplements should i be taking and again i just say first things first what are you doing for your you know your movement and your nutrition and your stress management let's talk about that supplements is way top of the pyramid. we might get there we might never not um mm. It, just in case you're going to touch on supplements, the I mean, the, it's each individual to themselves. But the majority of people, especially living in the UK in this country, are vitamin D deficient. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so I do recommend vitamin D. Um, if you don't, go on. oh, I was going to say I made the mistake of buying vitamin D and putting it on social media. This was about a year and a half ago, and going, oh, I've got myself some vitamin D because I was massively deficient, like in the red bottom of the red zone deficient. So I ended up being prescribed twenty thousand milligrams a day for a while this was a couple of years ago and then i um started just buying buying them from uh, chemists when i could just go to like a normal dosage and it's oil soluble so you have to get the capsules you can't get the powder you can't get the little tablets with the powder in and i think that's a really valuable piece of information yeah um get the capsules with the oil yeah that's a
2: great bit of advice Mm. um Omega three. If you were exposed to with the foods and the way we're eating, we often getting too much omega six and not enough omega three. So if you're not aiming, if you're not getting oily fish in your diet two or three times a week, what's the difference between omega three and omega six? It's just the way that it's just the way the fats formed. Right. Um, omega six is not great the way the body handles it. Right. To keep it simple. And omega three are the beneficial fats that you want to be eating because uh, just to touch on diet. Good fats, what we talk about, um, like from avocados, olive yeah. oil, uh, pastured eggs, animal fats, uh, sorry to all the vegans out there, um, are the building blocks of hormones. Hormones use good fats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So th- you, it shouldn't be scaremongered into your fats years ago. You know, we're eating too much fats. But you need to get... A, a, for the majority of clients where I start from is getting the protein and the fats. So percentage-wise, I often say, we're going to start with 40% protein, 40% fats, and 20% carbs, the right source of carbs. Um, and again, it depends person to person. Some women can handle carbohydrates more than others. Mm-hmm. Some people are quick to um, diagnose themselves as gluten uh, gluten gluten intolerance or celiac, and I first things. That's great. I say, have you been? Have you been medically diagnosed yeah. by a doctor or self-diagnosed? Because that's completely different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, you need to
1: be getting enough good fats and proteins in your diets to help the building blocks of the hormones. And that's actually uh, because you talked about macros earlier, and I was going to come back to that because um, it's easier than you think to figure out what your macros are because I know, and I've been there listeners, someone said to me before when I've been researching an article, well, you should really do your macros. And I'm like, really? (laughs) I'm already struggling to figure out like, you know, everything else, but macros, it's on the back of the packet, isn't it? Yeah. It tells you um, what the fat percentages, what the carbohydrate percentages, so you can, it's not definitive. That's not necessarily... Because you, you can put it through an app, which I've done previously. Yeah. But that gives you a really good steer, doesn't it? So if you pick up, for example, if you are buying meat and you turn over and it says 5% fat... It's, quite, it's a good steer right yeah, yeah yeah definitely and the thing to bear in mind with these
2: you know any formulas that you're using online or the apps that you've mm. just mentioned um, or the food labels they've all got like about a 20% error margin oh, or, really? or down so if you get your calorie allowance and that's got about a 20% margin then you're inputting your food to see what you do and that's got a 20% either way margin then your food labels have got a 20% margin you can see why mm. this is all just a ballpark figure yeah, yeah. it's a starting point and if you're you've got the starting point and you're sticking to it day in day out as much as you can manage and then you're still not seeing the results then you, it's going to need tweaking mm. along the way but it is a good starting point but people fixate on it so much mm. and there's definitely a margin of it it's, it's the it's good as we've got now the apps these apps are great mm. but they're not perfect
1: yeah I mean with I, I use my MyFitnessPal this is not an ad but I use that and I find that quite handy Yeah, if I want to keep on top of things and It does do your macros as well if you uh, upgrade. So the other thing, um, so yeah, 40% fat, 40% protein, 20% carbs, that's a good ratio to start working on. And that in itself is a tweak you can make today that costs nothing because it just involves turning the packet over and having a look. Absolutely. And also the same with calories, just kind of going, "Mm, maybe I should keep to however many hundred or thousand and work towards that. That doesn't require any intervention is what i'm saying, or any assistance no you can you can make
2: a figure you know maybe what you've heard or your friends doing and then if you feel you know you haven't got much energy you feel a little bit lethargic you feel hungry you don't feel you can manage on that then maybe up it a little bit i don't want to talk about any figures because it's just, no no it's neither do i yeah,
1: yeah but what do you do when someone says well i was sticking to it but i i had a craving and you are dealing with hormones and they cravings are real like that feeling yeah. of oh my God. i mean i've had it even recently where i was out with a friend and I said I really really fancy a steak and I don't I rarely eat red meat so that and but that was definitely a craving so that's real so how do you stay on track whilst experiencing cravings do you have any tips for people so, yeah, the research I was um, reading a journal the other day that apparently the
2: it's more genetically predisposed to if you're having salt or sugar cravings. You can, I don't know much about it, but other than that, it might be more ingrained in us than we think. Um, if you're having, it depends how frequent they are. Cravings come up quite a lot. So first of all, I'll say, are you eating enough real food? You know, are you are you proteins, fats, and carbs um, in the kind of the right balance? Are you getting enough vegetables? Are you drinking enough water? Massive mm-hmm. effects on cravings. You can be. It can also um, be an indication that you may be deficient in something, such as like magnesium mm-hmm. can have effects on cravings if you're deficient in magnesium or chromium. That's another thing that can help. Or also, there's some elements elements of that and then there's all other elements of you just need a little bit more control. Right. And yeah, you just need to man up. Yeah. And like when you get when you say when you're gonna watch a movie and then you're like, should we have some popcorn or something sweet? A lot of habits go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Or when that evening time comes, boredom, stressed, mm-hmm. tired, fed up, kids are in bed, I feel like a glass of wine or a bit of chocolate. That's habitual more than med like scientific. Mm-hmm. So there's two elements of it. There might be something going on that we can tweak, or you might just actually have to break the cycle and how mm. much do you do you want it? But that being said, I would have said to you have the steak and enjoy every bite. Mm. Because no one got you know, no one got overweight from, you know, having a couple of glasses of wine or, you know, a cake or a steak. It's the bigger picture. Mm. I am all for having treats, but I say like the 80 20 rule. So, mm. 80% of the time, you're pretty much on track. 20% of the time is yours to enjoy. Mm. That 20% 20% is important, isn't it? That's very important. <laughs> and you can split it up. Some people like to split it over a week. So, you know, have like maybe a day off. And some people like to split it up each day. So, have like a little treat each day, mm. you know, a little chocolate bar or, or, you know, half glass of wine or whatever. But, that's not the problem. If you've got the fundamentals in place, and you're exercising a lot, and you're looking after your stress, you're getting a good night's sleep. That chocolate bar, a glass of wine, is not a big deal. Mm.
1: Is there a way that you can live a measured life that doesn't? That, that, is there a way for it to become autopilot, so absolutely. that you're not constantly having to go? Oh, balls! I'm going to have to get the funnel out and put half that glass of red wine back in the bottle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah absolutely.
2: Um, I mean, obviously, I'm still a little bit younger, but it's you when you've done it for so. I don't really count my calories. Maybe once a year, I might check in and see that things are pretty much mm. on track the way they are. I, you know, and I have a varied diet. I have all the treats in life. I, you know, I go out and enjoy myself, but. It, it comes back to this intuitively I the majority of the time I choose well in restaurants I know what to choose mm. I don't really drink uh, in the week I probably have a glass of wine every other week I my exercise is my stress release it's my non-negotiable time some days it might be half an hour some days it might be you know 90 minutes some days it might be just a walk outside depending on, but it, it's there mm. it's set in stone um, and then I know if you know some weekends I've taken it too far but the thing is I don't beat myself up I get straight back on track it's not a big deal I enjoyed every minute of it I've got the memories to take with me and I prep myself on a Sunday night as much as I can by the way I lead the the partial I call it a partial prep life so all these (laughs) fitness people with the the Tupperware and stuff it just doesn't work for me at all me either I probably like I might make some protein some meat and the rest of it I'll just get veg or get additional stuff Mm -hmm. so I just because the protein I find is hard to get when you're out and about so I make that the rest of it can be added on to as you go um, so I'll get myself back on track and then I'll start again on a Monday and I don't beat myself up mm. at all. But that's the difference when people are starting to fear food and fear treats, it can easily go the other way with women, mm. especially mm. you see them when they you know, they're getting on this health cycle and they go they've got that personality type and they go completely the other way mm. and they control it too much. And then that can lead to, you know, problems or eating disorders or body image disorders down the
1: line. Have you do you notice that, the body body confidence? Absolutely, yes. And it's part of what you do about, as much as it's the training, these five steps, is, a, is part of it about look at your body and appreciate it and look at how strong it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. And is that something, sorry, is that something that um, maybe there's a, there's a chip missing and maybe that hasn't been programmed in us enough? Yeah,
2: definitely. And, and often you can see when clients talk to you, it's come from their upbringing or their parents or something and not being, you know, maybe told the loved enough or confidence levels. I know I'm not a psychologist in any way, but mm-hmm. most psychologists go right back to your upbringing or mm-hmm. your parents, right, and nitpick that away. But body image is a huge thing. And I always say, listen, people always go, but what, you know, what do you know? You know you've know, you got the perfect body or, you know... You've she got, does, doesn't yeah. <laughs> it? But I she's say... She's worked harder. <laughs> but I say, but I'm by no means happy with, you know, there's things that I can... I accept my body for the way it is, but I'm never going to be a six-foot... Uh, one Victoria's Secret model with legs for days am I because that's not the way and that's unfortunately I've tried my best it's not going to happen I've given up um, you need to accept your body I've, no, I've got you know good bits and bad bits about it but you would look at me and think that I'm completely happy but I've I'm not completely happy but I've accepted the way I am and I work on it day in mm. and day out but you need to also celebrate the small wins the fact that like I am strong you know and I'm doing the best I can to be around for the longest time to be hopefully have kids and be around for them um Um, But this has been I've always done it this way And it's hard to backtrack and reverse Mm. Women who You know I've always done this And known this But for women who This is a new concept for them It's hard to You know Dig that away Dig deep and Reverse that Reverse the way they think It is difficult But it's a huge Huge thing But slowly Just you know Drip Not manipulate them Just drip feed things Make them see things
1: They Mm. don't see And build the confidence I remember working with a trainer years ago who said, you've got a really nice-shaped shoulders. <laughs> yeah, and actually, that's really stayed with me. I'm like, go. oh my goodness, I've got nice-shaped shoulders, that's nice. <laughs> I'll take that with me. <laughs> exactly. Um, also, you do, because I do want to address this because I know a lot of listeners may have listened to the other show with uh, Elaine uh, talking about bioidentical hormones and the fact that... Um, <coughs> She's all right, listeners. Sorry. <laughs> and the fact that it, it costs money, it takes time, it's an investment to actually get uh, bioidentical hormones or any kind of therapy. It's quite hard to get it um, in this country on the NHS. And I wanted to talk about your 12-week online coaching because you do handhold. There's some water on the table. We're all good. I'm going to fill while she uh, coughs. It's all good. I do apologise. <laughs>
2: it just proves that I am drinking my water, ladies. Mm.
1: Yes. Yeah, so you have a twelve-week online coaching service. How does that work, and why is it twelve weeks?
2: That's a very good point. Um, so I started the online way because I realised that there wasn't enough of me to go around, so to speak, mm-hmm. to see people in person. So the online uh, coaching works in a online educational format. Um, so I basically have a, a Facebook group which is private, not the the one that you've had a look at, but a separate one. The women go in it and we go through topics each week. So we break it down, the five steps that we've talked mm-hmm. about, but we break it down even further to dive deep into actually why this is important and mm-hmm. how we're going to ingrain it into your life. Um, so ultimately, at the end of the 12 weeks that... You can go off and do your plan on your own. So you don't need me for Mm. like... So we've addressed all the five areas over the course of 12 weeks. We have support calls with the other women in the group. So group calls... So you can talk about what's gone well for you that week, what hasn't gone so well, what you need help with. And then you get a monthly call with myself one-to-one. So maybe things that you don't want to talk about on the group mm. call, a little bit more personal, we'll go into detail in them. Um, and then we work through the 12 weeks. We have the calls. You can ask me any questions you want. It can be, again, the, depending on where you're starting, some of the exercises, like home workouts, or some of them gym routines, some of them in the park, depending mm. on what you can do and what works for you. Um and then we take you know we take your measurements we take we also look at your symptom tracker so what symptoms you've got at the beginning and what symptoms you've got at the end mm. um, 12 weeks is a good question um, I I that's basically where I can fit or there's no magic to 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. So the 90 day thing is just, that's just what I can fit my content in, into. And also so I can run a couple of them throughout the year. So I can reach more women. Mm-hmm. A lot of women then stay on with me and, uh, coach one-to-one just round, like, you know, not as intense as the 12 weeks, but just staying in touch, being mm-hmm. accountable, being supported. They start on with me after the program. But initially that is the time that I compacted all my, um, research and information into, um, and come up with 12 weeks yeah it's no magic number I say to a lot of the women being realistic it's a 12-month transformation forget 12 weeks commit to 12 months mm. and you'll notice a bigger difference that's realistic terms mm. you know these 12-week magic 90-day programs it's it's nonsense really and it's not sustainable and most of the time when women see results then it comes back on with friends six months later mm. with addition so there's no magic in the twelve weeks. It's definitely twelve months. Commit yourself to twelve months, and you'll see a difference.
1: I think the way the thing what I really liked when I started reading all of your uh, all of your content was the fact that actually, and I think I said at the beginning, but it just having now spoken to you for nearly an hour, it makes it makes even more sense. Is you're saying this is a challenge. And, and you can do it and you are up for it and you've done you know women are really tenacious people
2: oh absolutely
1: we can we can do it and this is this isn't to be this isn't something that you have to let happen to you you can you can battle it in a really positive way that actually has more benefits mental and physical than just overcoming the symptoms of menopause absolutely that will carry you forward for way
2: beyond your menopausal years and as I said to you before the earlier you get started there's no age you know no too early to start the Mm -hmm. earlier you get started the better it is the easier the ride it's not going to be easy Um, you've got to want it you've got to prioritise yourself Mm. I'm not a magician you know Mm. I I can give you all the tools but you have to take ownership of it and want it and know that you deserve it and you're worthy of it Mm. and you definitely can see results this succumbing to age and succumbing to oh well I'm in the menopause now it's nonsense and it really really annoys me because you don't deserve that and you know what's to say I've worked with women that that now are absolutely flying they're in the best shape of their lives they're happy they're in good relationships great career Uh, right through the menopause Mm. it's just something it's just a taboo subject that you hear in the media and you're like oh it's awful it's going to be awful you preempt it Mm. and it definitely it doesn't have to be that way there's so much great research and advice out there and support Mm. now you just need to go and look for it and want it
1: and it's absolutely there you're not alone in this by any means Mm. and I do think it's really important to hear voices like yours that are saying "It, it isn't it isn't something that means a a lower quality of life, a lower quality of anything. Actually, it can be something that you can navigate through and really thrive.
2: Absolutely. I say it could be the best years of your life. We're now living, you know, to 70, 80, 90, beyond. Mm. So, who's to say that you haven't spent the first half of your life just figuring out what you want and where you're going? And now it's time for you, it's time to shine. There's no reason for that unless you believe everything you read in the media. It's up to you, the choice is yours. But the research and the resources are there right in front of you. You just need to open your eyes and take a little look and want it mm. because it's not, you know, there's no magic pill and there's no magic exercise routine or diet it's the whole piece of the puzzle Mm. you have to get the whole puzzle together you have to prioritise yourself and you have to
1: want it and it's there well listeners i'm sure you'll agree it's been really interesting speaking to katie and i feel quite motivated myself um (laughs) so all of the links to katie Kamo, will be in the show notes the links to the 12-week program the links to social media and everything but um yeah i just want to say thank you so much it's so nice to hear your voice your tone and to hear how actually it can be something really empowering and not something to be scared of
2: absolutely not and for any of your listeners that are feel that they're alone in this or that you know they don't know where to turn then feel free to click on the links and join my group and even send me a message to say you listen to the podcast and you found it interesting and what you're
1: going through at the minute i'll be happy to help you lovely thank you so much and um, i'll see you on the next one thank you thank you so much for listening i hope that you found that episode useful if you would like to get in touch with me email me at the beauty at gmail.com or you can dm me on instagram and twitter where i'm at emma guns that's at e-m-m-a-g-u-n-s or you can join the closed facebook group for the podcast where there are three thousand other podcast listeners waiting to have a chat with you you just have to click the link in the show notes and i answer a couple of questions and i will approve you i can't wait to see you over there i'm we haven't some lovely chats over there right now. Just so you know, thank you so much for
0: listening. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands.